Turdown, Locked on Zegris. We're going to break down some more statistics from the World Junior Championships, some signings, and more on today's Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Friday. Thank goodness for that. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. And covering hockey for over a decade now, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow my personal account at StimpyJD. So yesterday I went over some of the World Junior stats as far as Trevor Zegers was concerned. And I wanted to focus more today on the defense and talk about specifically a couple Ducks prospects that are sure to make the Ducks at some point in the near future. I'm, of course, talking about Jamie Drysdale, who was in Team Canada, and Jackson Lacombe, who was part of Team USA. Those two I want to talk about a little bit. So we're going to start with, um, I guess, talking about transition play and what drove the offense. You know, who generated the most offense on the defensive end? Uh, There was a lot of great play as far as driving the transition. So I'm going to start with exit versus entry success rate. And what that means is the success rate on, did they exit the defensive zone effectively? Did they control it? And did they control the puck when entering the offensive zone? So that's what exit and entry means. And the success rate, if the higher it is, the better you are at controlling the puck against the line. So as far as Team USA and Team Canada goes, uh, there was a few guys that were below 50%, uh, some hovering around 60%. And then you get to some of the more elite defensemen as far as transition success for Canada and USA. And by the way, this is only comparing the Canadian defensemen and the American defensemen. And uh, leading the way for the Canadians was Caden Korzak, who had an 88% success rate. That is the highest among all defensemen in the tournament. Second on that list, as far as North American players, Jamie Drysdale. Drysdale had an 83.8 success rate. In fact, he was very effective in getting the puck out. He was effective on getting it to the neutral zone and getting the effective pass. That's something that that Jamie Drysdale has improved on over the course of the last year. Uh, His control out of the zone is better. Part of that has to attribute to his excellent skating. As I've mentioned before, he's one of the best 200-foot skaters, probably the best skating defenseman in this year's NHL draft, or rather last year's NHL draft, now that it's 2021. And that success rate only will get better, possibly. And then you look at, well, Jackson Lacombe. He was up there, too. He had a 76.5% success rate, uh, where the average hovers around 68 to 69%. Both of those players are well above average. And they're they're well beyond their years as far as uh, great decision-making, as far as excellent passing. I'm going to harken back to Jackson Lacombe's excellent pass. Uh, he had an assist in the, I want to say, the quarterfinals or semifinals where he had an excellent sauce pass resulting directly in a goal where Jackson Lacombe got it from his own blue line, sauced it about 80 feet right on the tape. So that's the kind of play that you want to see from your defenseman, especially if you're the Anaheim Ducks. As I've said before, defense was one of their big weaknesses over the past few seasons. This will only supplement their defensive core that they have right now. Obviously, you have 
you already have a pretty decent defensive core as far as a top four. Anything below that gets a little bit, well, tricky, so to speak. You have Cam Fowler, who is a world-class defenseman. Then you also have, well, you have Hampus Lindholm, who's another world-class defenseman, Josh Manson. And now you have Kevin Shattenkirk. After that, it kind of drops off a little bit. You had Christian Juice. You have Jacob Larson. Who do you have after that? I mean, you could have Simone Benoit. You could have Hunter Drew Walensky. I, I don't know. I mean, Jamie Drysdale might get it. He'll definitely get a chance to play sooner rather than later because the Ducks do still need that defensive depth overall. The top four is pretty good. Adding Shattenkirk was a big addition to that roster. But now you've got to fill out the, the rest of the top six defensemen because only three or four top are not going to do it, not in this hockey league, because that third line could get scored on a bunch. So that's something that Drysdale could bring to the table in the coming years, and so could Lacombe in the coming years. Although Lacombe is still a junior, he's not going to be a, in a Ducks uniform anytime soon, but I'm saying for the future, that's a good thing to have. And one other stat that I want to go through before heading into the first intermission, and that's talking about who's driving transition, who has the most defensive zone exits and offensive zone entries. And I'm going to compare three defensemen here. Henry Thrun, who had a decent percentage, about 70%. He was one that was kind of above average as far as offensive zone entry. Or rather, defensive zone exits, he was pretty good at. Offensive zone, he didn't do that too much. Jamie Drysdale, he was about average as far as um, exiting the defensive zone. And kind of right there on offensive zone entry. The amount of times he drove transition was about par, about average. But then you get to Jackson Lacombe, who is on the top right of that chart. He led everybody in defensive zone exits. He led everybody in offensive zone entries. If you want to talk about a guy who was not afraid to drive transition and really move the puck well, it is Jackson Lacombe, who I still think was kind of um, underrated as far as the NHL draft was concerned. And there was a lot of positive praise for him even before the draft because he likes to drive that offense. He can be an offensive-minded defenseman when he wants to. That's something that the Ducks are going to need more of later on down the line. Uh, we're going to head into the first intermission, but let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. They have every sport that you could think of, including hockey. They have future hockey lines for the trophies. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Who's going to win the division? There are player lines. There are game lines. Games start in five days. So already those first few games are up on betonline.ag. If you go there now, Enter the promo code Locked On and get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, enter promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, once again, is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please gamble responsibly. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about some a signing that happened throughout the week. Stay locked in. Mm-hmm. 
welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, presented by BetOnline.ag. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. we got a signing to talk about. This happened yesterday, rather two days ago, where Anthony Stolarz was... He signed an extension from the Anaheim Ducks, by the way. He didn't re-sign. He was already on for one more season. He signed a two-year extension with an AAV of $9.5 million, a two-year contract worth $1.9 million. What does this do? Uh, this ensures a couple of things. First off, don't forget that earlier in the month, it was Ryan Miller. He signed a one-year deal for $1 million. Ryan Miller's 40 years old. This is very, very likely to be his last season in the National Hockey League. And one can't help but wonder if Ryan Miller wanted to go out on his own terms, maybe move up more in in the stats. I don't know. But Ryan Miller has one more season. Anthony Stolarz now has three more seasons. This year, he's getting paid league minimum. Next year, it goes up to $950,000. I think they made this move to ensure that the Ducks at least have a pretty decent backup goalie. Anthony Stolarz is 26 years old. He formerly played with the Philadelphia Flyers. In fact, Anthony Stolarz, uh, he was he was the one that had the gritty mask not long ago. Yeah, remember, remember someone had the gritty mask? It was this guy, Anthony Stolarz. So it'll be great to have him back for two additional seasons after this one. Once again, for $1.9 million, Anthony Stolarz is likely going to be on the taxi squad or he will have some time with the San Diego goals. But having him stay on for two more seasons, it ensures that at the very least, the goals will have a starting goaltender. But I think they made this move because the Ducks believe that Anthony Stolarz will be the backup goalie of the future. And if he's going to be their full-time backup goalie, they got him at a pretty decent price. $950,000 per year, that is right around market value for a backup goaltender. Ryan Miller is making a million dollars this coming season. John Gibson, of course, making $6.4 million per season. But that's for the next seven years. So John Gibson is your goalie. You're going to ride with John Gibson for the foreseeable future. But John Gibson, he's 27 years old. He's entering his prime now. You want to get John Gibson some great defense in front of him. So John Gibson is going to be there. But as far as other backups that the Ducks have in their system, both of whom are in training camp right now, you have Lucas Dostal, who is the 20-year-old. He did play at uh, Ilvis in Europe. And Ole Eriksson Ek, who is only 21 years old, he was playing with the Tulsa Oilers earlier this season before going to training camp. It's looking like it's going to be Ole Eriksson Ek and Lucas Dostal as the potential two goalies for the San Diego goals this season. Because as you know, the taxi squad does need to have at least one goalie at all times. So Anthony Stolarz is likely to be that taxi squad goalie this season. Unless there's an injury to Gibson or Miller. Then Anthony Stolarz is going to slot right in to that backup role. Uh, Stolarz did play one game last season. In fact, um, it was towards the end of the season where Stolarz was first dressed for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, in that one game, he looked pretty decent. So, what else can I say about that? Uh, he also played with Lehigh Valley. He's played with the Reading Royals. He's played with uh, Edmonton. Edmonton for a brief time. I almost forgot about that. 
So he's kind of been mostly in two spots, Philly and Southern California. He likes it here in Southern California. He loves the atmosphere in San Diego. Uh, He loves the fans there. Yeah, he just loves conversing with people down there. It's a kind of cool atmosphere for him. He likes it. So this is a win-win for the Anaheim Ducks as far as I'm concerned. Uh, We're going to head into break and we'll be back on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, I want to address something right now, and this is in regards to yesterday's podcast. I know I had a few comments to talk about as far as what's going on in our nation right now. It has been just a complete you-know-what show over the past week. Um, It all culminated in the violent acts that happened on Wednesday, and I'm not going to take back what I said. I just felt like I needed to get that stuff out. And all I ask is that you guys just please be courteous and be kind, not only to myself, but to colleagues that have also had similar thoughts and they're being thrown under the ringer just because of their their viewpoints. So I will just say, just please be kind. All right. So let's talk about... Well, some news that came out earlier today. Uh, This last segment is being recorded a lot later than the first two segments. But there's some pretty funny news that came out of Ducks training camp where there was a bunch of players that went on waivers today. And some of those are for the reasons for having a taxi squad. Uh, There was a long list of players, and this is from James Myrtle or at Myrtle on Twitter. And he had a long list of players for the Carolina Hurricanes, the Colorado Avs, And the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. And there's a pretty good list of Anaheim Ducks. And I'll go through all of them. Andy Walensky. Anthony Stolarz, who I mentioned in the previous segment. So it looks like Stolarz is going to go down to the taxi squad just days after signing that extension. So you have Stolarz, Andy Walensky, Christian Juice. Wow. That's okay. Christian Juice. Andrew Podorowski. So Potts is going to go down. Chase DeLeo, Vinny Letary, the goals captain, Sam Carrick, Andrew Agazzino, oh, this last one, David Backus. David Backus was put on waivers today. Oh, boy. That's a little bit crazy. It, it's weird to me because now that has to juggle the cap situation for the Anaheim Ducks. God, he's getting paid six about $6 million, and he's 36 years old. That's a little bit steep. To, I mean, he's a one-goal scorer, and getting paid that much money is steep. So putting him on waivers, that that's kind of crazy. He could be on a taxi squad, but if he's on a taxi squad, what does that do for his pay? Well, again, he's getting paid that much, and with the kind of production he's had as of recent... This might not be a bad move. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That that one's a little weird to me. Because David Backus, at one time, was a premier player. Uh, he was one of the better players on the Saint Lu- or on the Boston Bruins. Yeah, David Backus, he, he used to be about a 50-point-per-season kind of guy. And we're going back about a decade here. Because David Backus has been in the league for 
I want to say 14, 15 seasons now. He's been around a long time. He was the former captain of the St. Louis Blues, and we're going back about a decade. And even before that, uh, he had some great success in juniors. He was an all-star caliber player. He was up there as far as the Selkie Award. It was when he left St. Louis and went to Boston that things kind of changed a little bit for him. He was starting to lose a step. Uh, He was not utilized all that well. In six games in Anaheim, he didn't score any goals. He had three assists and that was it. And I recall an, an interview late in the season where David Backus felt like he was trying to prove something. So I don't know what happened between mid-March and now. But something must have happened during training camp for him to get sent down. Or it could just be a money factor. Because again, he's getting paid about $6 million this coming season. That's probably the main reason why he got sent down. Let's call a spade a spade. It's, it's a money thing. The Ducks are a little cash-strapped this season as far as the salary cap goes. Um, I looked at some of his numbers from 2009 to 2014 or 2015. He was a 50 points per season kind of guy. He was consistently up there. He was a terrific goal scorer. In 14 seasons, he had 245 goals, 312 assists for 557 points. That's not bad. Most of those came in 10 years in St. Louis where he had 206 goals for 460 points. That means in the four seasons since leaving St. Louis, he's only scored 39 goals. 39, that's it. And only eight in the past two seasons. I know there's been some injury issues. There's there, There's been some stuff there. He's 35, 36 years old. I don't know if he's going to be playing for much longer Again, he's only got one year left on his contract. And this is probably going to be as flexible as the Ducks get as far as contracts this season. Uh, Again, you have to keep this in mind. And I've said this over and over again. After this season, the cap space opens up tremendously. Ryan Getzloff, he's currently on the last year of his contract at eight and a quarter million. David Backus, he's on a four and a half million cap hit from the Ducks. He's making six million overall. You have Denton Heinen. He's a free agent after this season. So is Carter Rowney. Carter Rowney's 31 years old. And then you look at Ryan Miller. He's going to be a free agent after this year as well. He's probably going to retire. And then you have the Corey Perry cap hit. This year's cap hit is $6.6 million. After this season, that goes away. It becomes a $2 million cap hit. That is it. Assuming that Corey Perry is still playing after this coming season. Of course, Corey Perry has recently signed with the Montreal Canadiens, which is still weird to me. Corey Perry is going to be a Montreal Canadian. Just imagine that, folks. Imagine him in the Bleu Blanc et Rouge. So after this season, you have six, you have about $4.6 million going away. Then you have another $4.5 million going away from David Backus. And potentially eight and a quarter going away. So adding that up, that's about $17-18 million. You take away Danton Heinen. That's $20 million plus in cap space that they're going to gain after this season, and then they can finally open up the purse strings a little bit. Oh, and by the way, there's also the expansion draft. So we still don't know who's going to be protected and who's not. It's going to be very, very tricky as far as, um, let's look at the amount of forwards they have. There's going to be one or two forwards that are going to be exposed in this year's expansion draft that could be going to Seattle. So 
there's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, we're going to wrap that up for the show, and that's going to be wrapped up for the week. Uh, one kind of off-topic thing that I just want to talk about just because I'm a big game show person. Uh, today's the last day of Alex Trebek being on Jeopardy. It's his final show being aired tonight. Um, it is sad that we're finally at the end of an era. Um, an irreplaceable host for Jeopardy. So, yeah, just wanted to toss it out there. And one more thing that I did want to put out there today, and this is pretty off topic, but this is in the sports world, and this does rock the Southern California sports world. Uh, Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda passed away last night, apparently. It wasn't this morning, it was last night. Uh, Tommy Lasorda passed away at the age of 92. Yeah, sad, sad times. But Tommy Lasorda, he... He was around for a long time. He lived a good life. So no one's going to say that Tommy Lasorda went too soon. No. Uh, he was full of joy, still full of energy after all these years. I mean, this guy was a legend. I mean, everybody's hearts are broken here in Southern California. And even the Ducks, they put out a tweet saying that we mourn the loss of Tommy Lasorda, a SoCal sports icon and a welcome part of some of our battles with the LA Kings over the years. Uh, Tommy Lasorda was pro kings but he would come out and just support all the sports he supported hockey uh he came out to the stadium series game between the ducks and the kings a few years ago but i mean just horrible news today uh the one positive i could say about all this is at least tommy lasorda got to travel to texas and at least he got to see his dodgers win one more world series in his lifetime and then he could say he could die happy because he got to see that he was there for the win. That was a proud moment for Tommy Lasorda. That was the first championship the Dodgers had won since Tommy Lasorda had been manager. The previous time they won it was 1988 when Lasorda led the underdog Dodgers over the Oakland Athletics. And now you have have this. I mean, it's just really, really sad news. On a personal note, I've met Tommy Lasorda a multitude of times. Um, I won't forget some of the stories that he told. Um, he he loved telling stories, and he just still had that energy. Uh, one story that I can remember is him talking about um, his games against Montreal. And he spoke kind of highly about Montreal at times. I mean, it seems kind of sarcastic at times, but he loved traveling to different cities and loved meeting different people. And he just had stories and stories, and I could go on for hours or a long time on here, but we are kind of short on time. So I just want to say, uh, Tommy Lasorda, we salute you and rest in peace. And Tommy Lasorda passing away earlier this week. So thank you all once again for listening. Uh, you can hear this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And also make sure to leave a five-star rating if you haven't already. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you want to drop me an email, email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, thank you all for listening. It is greatly appreciated. And for the last time this week, for Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend. Please wear a mask. Please be kind to one another. And ducks fly together. Mm-hmm.